Boom, coming in hot, Kinky. How we doing, brother? Dude, third location in three days. You slept in three different beds in the last three days. Is this correct? There's laundry behind you. Everything's going on. Dude, I've been at the stairs, aunt's house. Then I was at the hotel. And then today I'm at Sarah's sister's house. So, yeah, it's wow. absolutely anarchy. Holy but it's moly. good though. I like it. it. Gives me some action. Is that they put baby in a corner? You sleep? Are you sleeping in that laundry room there? Is that is that your bedroom? No, they they made it a bedroom. Look at this. They got a bedroom. Oh, here. dude, that's a nice bed. They just had, they, they got two little ones. They got. Oh yeah, nice Gunner, TV. I believe is like almost three. They have a little baby Sydney. She's upstairs now. So yeah, now that's why I'm in the basement because Sydney's upstairs sleeping. Nothing worse, dude. They also have this dog, and the dog's name is Jeff. <laughs> I love I love human named animals. So you come you come in and usually Jeff is this little dog just like <laughs> and I'm like when I came in I'm like it, it didn't bark because I'm where the hell's Jeff so Ashley walks in and she's holding Jeff I'm like first time ever Jeff hasn't gone ballistic when people wow. walk in you know what I mean he's that little dog that thinks he's like yeah. he's Dustin Pedroia you know what I mean like <laughs> yes, yes. he's like the Dustin Madro he's the Dustin Pedroia dogs he thinks he's six four three hundred pounds but he's really freaking five six dude you know buck seven. <laughs> That's how Stu is. You see how big my Macy is, right? She's got to be 65 yeah. pounds. Oh, yeah. Stu, Stu will walk right up into her snout and go, <laughs> and Macy turns and runs away. I swear it's the craziest Man. thing. Like, we're like, one day, godly gee, I can't believe he doesn't. You just kind of bow up on people. So you got to look <laughs> yeah, the boy yeah, in the face yeah, and just yeah, meow, right? Exactly. I used to say when, like, you know, when stupid, everybody's stupid in high school. When I used, when I used to, like, get into, like, fights, I would always be able to, to, to alleviate them by going, why do you think I'm still standing here? Because, like, I'd usually get into a fight like an idiot with somebody who was, like, nine inches taller than me and had, like, 75 pounds on me and be like, why do you think I'm not scared of you? That's all you need to know. Why do you think I'm not scared of you? Meanwhile, I was shitting my pants the entire time, and it was just a bluff, and it worked every time. It was like going all in with a pair of twos every time, but it worked. What's the biggest fight, What's the biggest fight you've ever gotten in? Dude, it's true. Oh, I, I think I've told this on the show before. Columbia University, this is a baseball fight. Columbia University, which is Barry Bulldogs, I think they were, Barry University, everybody on their team was either built like Pudge Rodriguez, like short and jacked and stocky, or Jose Canseco. They were like humongous people. And the fight got so bad that the one of the players on the other team was arrested because he was swinging a bat at all of us. Oh, my God. Dude, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. What about you? What was the worst fight you ever got? Dude, I... One of the biggest fights I ever got into, right before I went to the Cape Cod League in 1994, we went over my buddy Dave Baps, who was, you know, a good buddy of mine, he, you know, from Richmond, and but he lives in Pittsburgh. So we were like, we were all home from school, and my buddy Jay Adams, who's like one of my best best friends, you know, roommate in college, played at Richmond with him. He's my financial advisor. You know, he's a big part of my life. <laughs> he's always getting in fights, dude. Like, we, we I remember, dude, Dave Matt. There's always one friend. There's always one friend dude, that's going to get is, start a fight and dude, keep going. This is, I have a few, I have a few fight stories really quick, but I'm going to go back to Richmond really quick. Cause we're, we're, we, dude, Dave Matthews, the Dave Matthews band. And I think I've said this before, dude, they were a local band at Richmond. So every Wednesday night we used to go see them play at, at the place called the flood zone. Literally yeah. it was a local. I bar, have, right? I have like six flood zone bootleg tapes from back yeah, then. Yeah, dude. It was incredible. It was incredible. I believe that song, the warehouse is the warehouse. It's about the, <laughs> yeah. flood zone. It's the little warehouse. So, dude, by our so our freshman year, we used to have bootlegs from the Dave Matthews. We'd be like, same guys that are in the van. Dave Matthews and one of the bootlegs says, "Please come closer to the stage because no one's oh my there." God. But by my junior year, bro, 
is that when they let release their first album called I think it was Remember Two Things. Yeah, dude, it was like first it was like four bucks to get in freshman year, it was ten bucks junior. We're like ten crazy. Bucks, you can't afford that. You know, it's <laughs> crazy. So so bro, we we go in the one day. It's packed, and they're playing ants marching. All the little ants are marching. Yeah. No, I think the song they're playing was Seek Up and Emotion, and your cup yeah, and your cups up. So dude, we're over in the corner, and we're having a good time. We're like three rows back. It, it, you know, it's a bar, so you're not three rows back. It's everybody's packed, right? And I remember Jay. Jay's like, "Hey man," he's like, uh, "Case, you got my back." I'm like, "For what? Back for what?" He's like, this guy keeps bumping into me. I'm like, dude, everyone's dancing, Jay. Everyone's dancing. It's no big deal. <laughs> Bro, next thing I know, before I could say everyone's dancing, Jay turns around and boom, punches his kid right in the face. Dude, anarchy ensues. Here comes freaking these two guys, buddies. Boom, boom. Now Dave Matthews stops the concert, dude. Stop. Stops the show. Yeah, yeah. It's on it's on the bootleg, dude. I'll stop to find the bootleg. It's incredible. He stops. He's like, seek up and the most peace. My brothers, peace. This is what he said. He stopped. He's like, let's not fight. Let us not fight. Meanwhile, Jay's just freaking wrecking people. Boom, boom. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying to get in there. Now it's like, the, you know, the, the Dave Matthews in the bar, you know, it's mayhem now. Other two dudes right So Anyway, one of our buddies, Justin Spain, who was like a friend of ours, is just trying to break it up, right? right. So he pulls Jay's arms back like this, dude. And he, and, 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 and all, it was like slow motion. I couldn't get there quick enough. Spain's got Jay's arms back and his face is just exposed. And this dude comes up and just goes boom and clocks him right in the nose. His nose shatters into 55 pieces. Like those to the right of his face, blood goes everywhere, dude. So we're like, well, next thing you know, we're getting escorted out of the place. Oh my God. So me and Jay get escorted out. These dudes get escorted out. They end up, it was one of them. It was like a scene from a movie chance. They're driving away. Jay's all bloody. I'm like, you know, we're like, what the heck just happened? Jay had a cannon of an arm, dude. He was like an outfielder, a cannon of an arm. And he, for some reason, there was like a bottle on the ground out in this alley. He picks it up. The car is driving away, Chinch. You cannot make this stuff up. It is so far away. I want to say it's 40 yards away, ripping. Jay takes this bottle and throws it at the car. And it just, revolution after revolution, <laughs> boom, it hits right in the back of the windshield, dude. I mean, straight through the i mean right in the middle dude and it hits it the the back of the windshield spider webs and they turn left it was no. like a movie. they were going yes i watched this part. i was like dude you couldn't do that if you tried that a million times you couldn't do that again it was incredible oh my god that's some crazy <laughs> story that is a girl you know what i always wonder this is the last time no more fighting we don't condone fighting here i mean office, yeah you know, we don't condone no no yeah. fighting we i i haven't thrown a punch yeah since then do as I say, don't do as I do. Um, uh, I always wondered, guys like you, see, like little people like me, like you got to be scrappy and you're always like wind up in the middle of a mess and fight stuff. I always wondered how big guys like you and and bigger, like, like why you would ever, why anybody would ever fight you. Like I always wonder, like, Dude. my dad used to say, because my dad used to be a bouncer in Queens, like, and he's like, the only guys I was scared of, because my dad was 5'8", he's like, the only guys I would ever like kind of go like this with were guys my height. And he's like, because the big guys never had to fight. A lot of the big guys never have to fight. And I, I always wonder that. But then when I see you, like, in, in those Boston Red Sox brawls, I'm like, dude, this guy knows how to throw a haymaker as well as anybody dude, I've ever dude, seen. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't like, I didn't like fighting, but I found myself in the middle of something <laughs> just in college, in college uh -huh. a couple times in the big leagues. But just because you're like, 
more like you're backing your friends up. You know, yeah, I mean? when, they, when they tell you, you got my back yeah. for no reason. The wimpiest, <laughs> the wimpiest fight between two of the biggest people I've ever seen in my life was when it was, I believe it was Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning, who are two of the biggest human beings in the history of the world. Heat Knicks, they got into that, they started, they went to fight, but they were like, they were like slapping hands. Like, because I, I can't imagine anybody has ever fought a six foot 11 man who weighs 265 pounds and is one of the greatest athletes of all time. So, like, they didn't know how to punch. That was when Jeff Van Gundy dove out and, and tackled. Oh, yeah, yeah, grabbed and got his, the leg. And got his head, and he's just being dragged around while they beat each other up. Dude, I remember, I remember when Jim Tomey the one time, Tomey went out and, and charged Real Cormier, and they were, like, best friends, dude. And Tomey basically gives him a love tap. Like, if Jim Tomey came out with a vengeance, like, I'd be scared. Because if he hit you with one of those Paul Bunyan haymakers, you'd be in trouble. Be like, dude. Jim's, like... Nicest guy, but he, but he, it was the stage of the game where, like, sometimes in baseball, you have to go. Like, you have to go. Yeah, you just, yeah, it yeah, has yeah, to yeah, end. And yeah. the only way to end it is to charge. Yeah. And then Jimmy got charged, and he takes Cormier down almost like he was like, you all right, buddy? You know, he put him in, like, a headlock. You all right? Everybody oh, all right? Jesus. That was like dude, the – Robin Ventura didn't want to charge Nolan Ryan, but he – I you, asked – Dude, you I saw- asked Robin Ventura about charging Nolan Ryan. I said, RV, what were you thinking? He goes, dude. I go, what were you thinking when you're running out there? And he thought to myself, he goes – I thought, as I'm running out there, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Why am I, what am I doing? But I was like, he's like, I had already committed to run out there, so I had to do it. And he's like, no one just started pummeling me. Oh, my God. There's, I, I'll tell you one last one. This is really cool. Sidney Crosby. Remember, the NHL did kind of like what the NFL does for a couple of years with the, uh, you know how the NFL does, what is that called? That great show they do right before the season starts. Uh, Hard Knocks. The oh, NHL yeah. did that a couple times, like, leading up. I don't know if they still do it. Leading up to the uh, Winter Classic. And they were following the Penguins around. And it's, this was the coolest thing ever. Crosby, they're, they're playing. I forgot who they're playing. But Crosby gets hit, checked. And he's mic'd. And he gets checked up against the boards. And he goes, hey. He turns to the guy who checks him. and he goes, hey, we got to fight. And the guy's like, dude, I'm not fighting you. You're sick Crosby. And they're talking, like, during the game. He's like, we got to do it, bro. He's like, we have to do it. We just have to do it. The guy's like, oh. All right. And then all of a sudden, they just drop their gloves and they're fighting as like friends. Like, and for your point, like, it was like they had, for some reason, they had to, like, that fight had, he had to fight the guy. Otherwise, the game would have gotten dirty or something. It was very crazy. Very, Dude, very interesting. That, that, that's incredible you said because it, it, it tells me one, uh, one more story pops into my head. Mike Rupp, you know Rupp. Mm-hmm. You know, unbelievable NHL career. Dude, Rupp's huge. Six, four, Funny, six, great five. guy, by the way. Yeah, super funny guy. Does a great job at NHL Network. But he was a fighter. He was a big fighter. Dude, I went to Haiti with him one time. Me, him, and Max Talbot. We went out to Haiti, you know, years ago. Probably like nine years ago, ten years ago. And so we got a chance to talk a lot. And I'm like, Rupert, what was it like in those fights? And I go, you know, and, and, and he told me a great story. He said this one guy came up to him on one of the face-offs. You know, they're on the side face-off. Yeah. He goes, hey, Rupp. He goes, listen, man. He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm in struggling lately. I'm not doing much on the ice. I, I'm about to get released. Can you fight me? You know, I need to fight. Like I need, I need, to, I need to fight. And I, I, if I fight you, it's gonna give me some clout. Mm-hmm. Rupp's like, dude, I don't want to fight. He's like, come on, please, man, please. Like, all right. He goes, I'll, I'll fight you, but I'm not going easy on you. So, dude, he said they go off the ice, they come back on the next next shift when they go at it. Face up, bam, they drop the gloves. And he says they just rub the sword, sword haymakers on this guy. And they go out, it. it ends up being a good fight. But wow. And then after the fight, the guy's like, thanks, man, thanks. But dude, throwing haymakers and then saying thanks. It's unbelievable. I mean, well, hockey players are totally psycho different. The totally best is different. after the fight's over and they're all clapping for you both. 
like they tapping the sticks like good fight good job fellas good job both teams it's like the most it's the most unifying it used to be the most unifying thing in hockey it's the craziest thing my little cousins play hockey and they're they're maniacs too now like i'm never worried about my cousin james ever getting into a fight because he's been playing hockey since he's like five years old and he's all jacked now i'm like oh he'll be fine <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be fine so anyway, different right. world, different world, different world, different world. So we got a couple of things we were going to talk about today after we, we got into this awesome machismo fight conversation. <laughs> uh, but you're, you're locked in right now. Off season is very slow in baseball. It's starting to get slower and slower, but yeah, like, we haven't really, fade. yeah, we haven't hit up on the new rules. It's, it's may as yeah. well do that today. What you got yeah. the pitch clock. We got the 18 inch bases and we got the shift. Yeah. Uh, pick one yeah. to start with. What do you got? Well, I think I think we're going to talk about that on MLB tonight. Tonight on MLB uh, tonight. So tune in tonight, five to six. Yeah. Me, Daniel Dowd, and Robert Flores. Nice. Uh, anyway, I think, dude, I, I like the I like these changes. We were going to do something. To, matter of fact, we were supposed to do a rules change show today with Theo Epstein because Theo was a big a big part of these new rules. And uh, you know, for the I think let's start with the clock because for mm-hmm. the people out there that don't like the clock, you know, I think. It's 15 seconds with nobody on base. You have to deliver the ball. I think I think the batter needs to be in there in eight seconds or something like that. Um, and then with a guy on base, it's 20 seconds, and I believe you can only pick over twice. So there's a couple, you know, a couple cool things mm-hmm. here um, as far as that goes. I love the clock. I think people are going to love the clock because think about the NBA without the 24 second shot clock. Oh, was, yeah. Think about NCAA basketball without was it 35 seconds. Right. And how how many is it? Is it the thirty second clock with the NFL before a play getting a playoff? Yeah, maybe it's down to twenty five. Yeah, twenty five, yeah. twenty five, or whatever. But dude, think about that. The game that 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 revolutionized the game. The clock. This is gonna. I mean, it, they did it in the minor leagues already. It, it's taking like sixteen, seventeen minutes off of games. Like it's that's it's huge. Legit. It's that's like, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So that it, it, these rule changes are great. I don't know. Uh, uh, the 18-inch bases, I like too. The 18-inch bases. That's I like. a great safety. That's just. It's just smart. Yeah. It's just the right thing to do. Easy. Dude, they're bigger. Check yeah. the box. Yeah. Yeah. They have the bigger bases already in Studio 42, and it looks so weird, Chance. I'm bad. So weird. It's it looks weird. Like it's big. But dude, it, it, it. You know, listen. It's a game of inches. So I think you're going to see more guy, more stolen bases. Mm. You're going to see the catchers are going to have to get better at getting rid of the ball. That's true. Um, gonna, how many? Yeah. Guys, how many inches is that cut off between? It's three, dude. It's three. It's three inches all around. Dude, that could go. That gives a guy who has twenty stolen bases maybe thirty three or thirty four. That gives a guy who has yeah. forty stolen bases maybe sixty. Right. It's going to promote guys to steal more. It just it, it is. You know, there's no doubt about it. your lead can get a little bigger too. Um, and also plays. Dude, I broke my back at first base. 2006 with the Pirates, I broke my back on a play at first. Oof. John Mabry hit me with an elbow. I was too close to the base. My fault. I was on it. It was trying to make a pick, but I broke my back. Like, cause that base is tight, dude, for collisions over there. That you know, you always see. So I think this is going to help with, with first base safety and also the uh, you know runners down the line. Yeah, it's going to help with that, no doubt about it. It's gonna it's gonna help that. So yeah. I like that. Um, the one thing I'm not sure about Chinch um, is the shift, because. Hmm. I do like it. I do like it because I think pulling guys to one side is, you know, whatever is, is, you know, okay. That's not that fun to see a guy hit a uh, these big uh, home run hitters hitting rockets into the shift, but also too, would it have happened naturally? Cause I think this last year, last couple of years, you're starting to see guys go the other way more beating Mm -hmm. the shift. Mm -hmm. And eventually that brings that shift back because you've got to respect that. So I'm just wondering if, you know, 
what other rules are they going to say, ah, well, the game has naturally gone here. We don't like that. So we're going to put another rule in. Yeah, you know that's a I mean? good point. Like, and then you all of a sudden, what, when do you stop making these rules up to stop the way the game's evolving? No, it's a good point. It, it, it it's there is a it's a there is a fine line that that has to be walked between like the you know the rules committee and games place commission. We, we mentioned this guy before, but Chris Marinak is a really smart guy who's in the league office and has a lot to do, a lot to do with this kind of stuff. And and I trust that dude because he's super smart and he's had great ideas about things. The one good thing I will say. And I hope they're going to do this with these rules. Remember the the second base thing, like the, the transfer rule they made originally. This was, what, three or four years ago. I think Joe Torre was heading the committee at the time. And that transfer rule got so shaky. Like the first two weeks of the season, you guys were all upset. Like it was like, no, he caught it. He didn't catch it. He did. And you know what the league did? They were like, this isn't right. We got to fix this. And they fixed it in the season within a couple weeks. Players were on board with it because they, they were annoyed too. And just because you make the rule doesn't mean you can't change it, you know? So right, right. hopefully in the back of their minds, you know, like you say, if, if this, this shift stuff isn't working or it's making the game seem screwed up, you know, they, they get they get into the, the room, you get Tony Clark and the commissioner in the room, and both, both sides agree that this isn't working exactly how we thought it would, and then make the change, make the adjustment. Maybe, maybe it's not, oh, okay, we're just going to get rid of the rule, but maybe it's like, Oh no, we realize when we see it, this is how. It's the same way, like it's funny when people invent game shows. We did that one game show that one year at uh, MLB Network, right? Oh yeah, that first year. Oh, I was it was on so that, yeah. great. It was so much fun. But the like I learned from this guy, this dude had done some of the bigger game shows in LA, like in history, like and he was a, he was a game show producer guy. It was God, it's so much fun. But he's like, it's about the gameplay. And he's like, sometimes until you play. Until you play the actual game, until you until you play the game show, you won't know that one thing to go up. Oh, we didn't think of that. That's like a little loophole, and it's. I think I think the shift is going to be the same way. Like, you know, it's the same thing in like in the NFL and football. Like, oh, they they did the wildcat. Well, guess what? In three weeks, everybody figured out how to stop the wildcat. <laughs> First three yeah. weeks, Miami Dolphins that year, they they're rushing for two hundred yards a game, blah blah blah, and then. Teams adjust. I think the same thing with rules. Like, you can adjust the rules. Like, don't... I just hope that they these are... Mal, you said the word malleable. I hope these are malleable yeah. rules that we can adjust yeah. them if they don't work correctly. Yeah. Well, you, you, you know what you think? What pops into my head when we start talking like this is, um, okay, are, are, are we teaching the hitters wrong? Should the hitters be better? You know what I mean? Mm. Should the hitters you know, um, put the ball and play more, um, you know, you know, stop pulling it into the ship, whatever. Should, are we teaching hitting? Should, should we focus more on that? Hey guys, because of this shift, we got to be better as hitters and all that stuff. Okay. That's the first thing. Or, or do we just say, well, they have the shift and these hitters are, aren't that good. So they just keep hitting into the ship. Okay. What about this chinch? What about they're throwing more curveballs, sliders and off speed pitches than ever before in the game. You know, it's up, it's really getting up there in percentage wise. Mm -hmm. What if that becomes – what if they're throwing more off-speed pitches and then all of a sudden hitters can hit off-speed pitches? Well, man, they're throwing 65% off-speed pitches. The batting averages are down even more. The strikeouts are up. Okay, you can only throw 40% off-speed pitches because the hitters oh boy, yeah. aren't making the adjustments. You know what I mean? And yeah, then, now so, you're really so What rules do you – you know, I'm just – that's Yeah, where does it speaking. end? Where, does, where it end? does it end as far as, okay, the pitchers – you know, hey, Bob Gibson's too nasty. 
it, no one can hit him, so let's raise the mound. Right, you know? right, right, right. Well, let's lower the mound. Lower the mound. Lower yeah, the yeah. mound. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, you know, you gotta, you can't just change things because the hitters, the hitters. Yeah, you the can't pitchers. change for the sake you of change. You guys aren't making adjustments. Yeah. It's a very interesting topic. Good points by you, man. I, we'll see. Like I said, I think you got to play. They just got to play and yeah. and see. You know, yeah. hey, I, how dude, about this? Let's do this. Dude, the freaking home run derby. That, that, that's a Tony Patini thing. That that home run right. derby is nine million times better than it was dude. originally. So Sometimes better. you hit a home run, literally, like pun intended. Right. Like, right. you know, you, you got it. Yeah. You can't, you got to give it a shot. You got to see what it looks like, I guess. Dude, I think that's the biggest thing. Hey, I, I look at it through my, my, my mental performance coaching program, Breakthrough Pro. You know, I just said to myself, I got to get some data and information. I got to do it. I got to take action and do it. You know, so, so many times in life, we all get these great ideas, but then we don't take action on it. It doesn't mean anything if you don't get boots on the ground. It doesn't mean anything if you don't get the information that you need to make it better, right? And, and to look at failure, say failures, feedback, and really just information. So I, I like that, you know, the, the way I look at it. Hey, this stuff might work, might not. Hey, at the end of the day, you got to take action, implement it so that you get some data information so that you can make adjustments on it. I love that. All right. Hey, we had a couple other topics we were going to go to, but let's save them because yeah. I think we're good today. And you got a big day ahead of you. You got a big MLB tonight, and then you're going to a very special place for dinner, I believe. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Me and my buddy Kevin Mahoney and Rachel, we're going out to, uh, we're going to the Palms, River, River Palm. River Palm to me, me, me and your cousin, Matty Chinch, have been there a bunch of times. I know. I used to be in, I used to, when I, I lived there for like a year and a half in Edgewater, by the way. Sorry if you live in Edgewater. I don't love it there. No, it's a nice place. However, I wasn't walking. I used to, I was, I, I could, that was like three blocks. River Palm was three blocks Dude. from the house I was renting. Well, I'll tell you what, you'd have been probably in trouble on rent though, because it's so, you walk Dude. out of there, I'm like, it's ridiculous. Damn. Seafood platter is like seven hundred and ninety-five dollars, but it's so the good. The food's so good. You leave there with a five hundred dollar bill. You're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, it's all right. It was worth it. I'm okay spending money on a dinner if it really is a memorable, like piece sure. of meat or something. But if that, you if you spend a lot of money and you get like something that's not up there, that that's the worst. That's the worst. You get that bill yeah, and you're uh, like, chicken sucked. That is the worst. <laughs> it I, really I still, is. I still remember going to a steakhouse in like Avalon, New Jersey, like. And it was like, hey, let's go out to dinner one night. And it was, it tasted like a burger. It says like, <laughs> it said filet mignon, but it was more yes. like a freaking uh, uh, ground round burger. Yeah. Terrible. Dude, it was this terrible. Is... And, I was, and the bill came out, it was like 320 bucks. I'm like, dude, I, we just got robbed. We just got robbed. <laughs> dude, real quick. So there's this place called uh, Peter Luger Steakhouse. There's one in. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. One of the greatest ever. There's one in the city. One, one like literally eight minutes from where I grew up. And, you know, since my mom passed, my dad, my brother was living home for a while. Like, my dad got really into coming out to dinner. So me and my brother and my dad and Jessica, come, we'd take him out to dinner. And he always, he's like, let's go to Peter Luger's. And we're like, come on. <laughs> we're going to, but we would go, like, every couple weekends. And we'd love it there, whatever. But, like, we would go and freaking, like, me and my brother, like, for the last, like, five or six times we went, we were like... Is this really not as good as it used to be? It used to be like, like you know when you go on a plane and it's like top 10 restaurants in, in that ugly manual you open up and it's like top 10 restaurants in the world. That was always up there, whatever. And I, I just read this this morning. It's so funny that they got their Michelin star taken away like a month ago. That's like a huge deal for restaurants, you know, Michelin star. 
they just yeah. got it taken away like a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe me and my brother were right last year when we were going there. And we're like, the steak doesn't taste the same as it used to. Sorry to yeah. call you out, Peter Luger. You're still a great place. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Anyway, that's my story. You don't get that. You don't have that problem at River Palm, though. River Palm. Dude, River I've Palm never had a bad meal there in my life. Dude, what are you going to get? Real the quick. manager there, Steve Russ, mm-hmm. is my is the greatest dude. Oh, that's like, awesome. the, the way he works, the way he works yeah. that room. You always incredible. do you get like a little? He hooks you up with like a free cheesecake at the end of the night or something. Or oh never, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll yeah. give you something like some that. Some cookies or something. Sarah and I usually get the big like porterhouse. Porterhouse oh, no, 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 for two. Oh. No, dude, have you ever got the tomahawk? Yes, dude. Dude, that thing the is tomahawk the... bone. You bring it home to your dog. <laughs> incredible. That's incredible. All right, well, enjoy that, dude. Hey, got her. What's this? Come here, dude. What do we got oh, here? Man. We got we got guns. Gunner, what's up, bro? Look at that. What do we got? Some dinosaurs on a jammy there? Say, say what's up, Chinch? Say hey, Chinch. Say hey, Chinch. That's Chinch. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. <laughs> Perfect way to end the show, dude. <laughs> Perfect way to end the show. He gave it. Hey, he gave it. Hey, hey Chinch. Hey, Chinch. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was cute. Wow, we got a lot of guests this week. We got aunts, oh, nieces, yeah. nephews. I love it. All right. <laughs> yeah, and Cheryl Gunner. Nice. There we go. All right, dude. All right, go bro. enjoy yourself. All right, man. Hey, to everyone out there listening, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Yes, Take sir. You. Love you, man. Love you.